thinking about better days. Sitting there thinking about better days. And then you came around with your blue eyes. And now you're clearing up all my gray skies. See me doing my little dance. You gave this man a second chance. I hope your love will never stop. I'm gonna keep on doing that monster hop. What's going on? Welcome to Talk Story Podcast. It's Sunday, March 27th. I'm Scott. I'm Ken. I eloped to New York City for a weekend, so last week I was kind of... New York was crazy, man. New York? That, uh, New York is yeah. a crazy city. What were you doing over in New York? Yeah. Uh, just visiting. So, you know, got there and the city smells like... You get off the bus and the city smells like downtown Hollywood. It was just like open food everywhere. Uh, smell of subway, people walk around, shouting at each other, uh, crazy prices for parking, and mm-hmm. yeah, and that was it. And, Sounds like Waikiki. Uh, kind of, kind of, but uh, in, in a much cooler way. You know, Waikiki I don't really like because it's all super touristy, but New York, I mean, for the most part, you know, it's New York, so mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. going to be authentic, you know, to what New York City is. And so, uh, you know, I think I must be eating like 15 meals. Well, right. Right there's just such good food everywhere. Street food and restaurants. You can get Asian food pretty much anywhere. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a it was a good time. New York is a crazy fucking city. I mean, I like visiting, but I don't know if I could live there. It's just so many people and so many buildings, and not enough like mountains and beaches for me. I, I mean, it's cool to visit, but it's just incredibly densely populated and packed and stinky and smelly like you said and it's just kind of it's kind of scary i don't know man having you know been having stayed in dc for a while you know Mm -hmm. i'm dc is a little bit more spread out and so you you have a slightly longer commute to places and you know there's not quite as many people but honestly i i felt a little bit alienated since i've been here it's so so different from hawaii you know and when Mm -hmm. you when you go to New York, I mean, people are, it's, it's very East Coast, you know, but, uh, Definitely. Pe- people are friendly without being familiar, you know, if you stop somebody to ask them for help on the street, if they stop, then they're bound to be pretty nice to you, so, you know, mm-hmm. there are nice people everywhere, and, uh, honestly, in New York, just because New York's got a lot more, more Asians in it, it's, it's a little more comfortable for someone like you, you blend in a little bit more, and people don't... Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, and so that, that's kind of You don't get stared at as much. Yeah, yeah. That's good. So, what was the craziest thing that you saw in New York? Craziest, or just most amazing, or exciting thing that you saw or did there? Uh, I think Central Park's gotta take a cake on that one. Okay. So we're so, yeah. I mean, it's happened? not it's not really not, not, nothing really crazy happened while we were there. But you know, I mean, it's just the kind of things that you see when you're in that city, you know, especially mm-hmm. in Central Park. So you know, we're riding riding bicycles. Decided to ride mm-hmm. uh, through like half the park, and uh, you know, I'm going down this bike trail, and you know, off off in the, the distance, I start hearing bagpipes, and so bagpipes. you know, we're just, uh, bagpipes, bagpipes, yeah. So right. we're you know like riding, 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 and as I crest this hill, um, there's just this dude in full on like he's got Scottish kilt and like the high water socks wow. and, and and the funny hat, yeah. Like this guy just woke up this morning and decided, hey, I think I'm gonna go play bagpipes in Central Park. I'm gonna park. go rock the fucking yeah, bagpipes yeah, in Central know, Park. Yeah, you know. So uh, it's just things things like that. It's like random. Random one-off happenings that I don't think you know. I really don't think that you'd see that in a whole lot of other places in this right. country. You know, like that would be considered normal. I don't know. Only you know, in New so, York. Uh, eh? Yeah, in New yeah, York. Yeah, in New York, yeah. nobody even looks twice. So those. No, no, it's it's it's, it's it's a crazy town. I mean, my cousin is over here studying music at UH, and she's planning to move to New York. And she's visited like probably once every year. She's got a bunch of friends over there, and. She's like this tiny little Japanese girl, and I look at her and I'm like, "You want to go live in New York City? She's got more balls than I do. I think. I think I'm just very comfortable here living in Hawaii. You know, I haven't grown up here. All my friends and family are here, and I just, I don't know. I guess I, I, I do better in places I'm more familiar with. I don't know. I mean, are you are you really? I've, I'm. 
I'm starting to get the sense since I've been up here that there's something to this big city living. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think you need to be scared of the big city, and you know, as no, much I'm as not scared of it, but it's just it's just not something I'd be as comfortable with. I think. Yeah, I think I think if you stayed in New York for a while, you would love it. Maybe, maybe, that, but I just I don't know. I, I love it here, like the clean air, and I got you know enough space where I'm not standing shoulder to shoulder with crazy people and. It's like I can look up and not have a building block the view of the sky. And I don't know. It's just so different. It's a very, you know, metropolitan living over there in New York. And it's just uh, a very different lifestyle from what I'm used to. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I think it's something I could get used to, though. New York is uh, two thumbs up to that city. Yeah, definitely on my list of places that I'd like to stay for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so... Uh, yeah, hey, what, the f- what? So, another thing. Uh, so, it's uh, probably your favorite time of year here. We got a uh, GP season is kicking up. I want to take a minute yeah. to talk about like the kind of sports that you and I both enjoy. You know, motorsports. So, so, yeah, motorsports. So, so GP season is on. Um, mm-hmm. Rossi and Hayden seventh and ninth on Ducatis. Uh, in oh, Katana. you saw that? Huh? Yeah. Was that? Yeah, I didn't really catch the timing sheets, but I got the results. So. Uh, it was, it was interesting. I mean, this is, the, of course, the first year that Valentino Rossi is switched over to Ducati for this year. He left Yamaha because his previous teammate was essentially kicking his ass. Well, it didn't help that Rossi crashed and, like, broke his femur last year either. So he's kind of, like, on the back leg, recovering from a prior injury and jumping onto a new bike. So, I don't know. Given Rossi's history... I think it'll take at least a year for him to get up to speed on that bike because the Ducati is notoriously difficult to ride. In either case, I'm just stoked that there's some racing going on again. It's been so long. It's been like fucking four months that I've been going on without racing. No MotoGP, no F1, no rally, no nothing. And only now everything has been going. F1 season has officially started in Australia as well, and I am just stoked. There's a World Superbike race going on right now in Donington Park that I'm going to watch after this. It's, uh, it's, it's, things are looking up. All right. So who took, so Rossi's, who took Rossi's place on the Fiat Yamaha squad? Uh, ben well, what, Spies is officially oh. in the factory team with Jorge Lorenzo now. Ben Spies is like this this kid. He's from Texas, actually. And he's doing uh, he's doing pretty well. There's a lot to be expected of him this year because it's only his, even though it's only his second or second full year in MotoGP. He was in the satellite Yamaha team for last year, but he scored a podium. So things are things are uh, expected. Of Mr. Spee's here for this year. I think he'll do well. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. There's a lot so on his shoulders. What's the next? What's what's the next race coming up? Is that next week? Next race is next week, I believe, in Spain. Yeah, it should be good. Right. I don't know. I don't know. It, I hate to see Rossi struggling, especially with his shoulder injury. So he's not quite as fast as he needs to be, or as he would be, or he completely healthy. But I think I think he'll get up there. I don't know if he's going to win it this year. I'm pretty sure he's not going to win it this year. Which I hate to say, because I am a huge, huge Rossi fan. But I support Valley anyway. Alright, well, what are your what are your top three picks for teams or riders uh, for the season? Top three. Oh, what do you think? If I had to predict who's going to win the championship this year, I, I'd have to say Casey Stoner. Casey Stoner left the Ducati that Rossi is now in. And he moved over to the Repsol Honda factory team. Where he actually fucking dominated, like, preseason testing, and he's just been incredibly fast, and, of course, he won the first race. Although, statistically speaking, Stoner has owned Qatar for the last, like, three years. He's won every race there for a while now. So, it'll be interesting to see how he does later in the season. But if I had to guess top three, I would say probably Stoner, followed by Lorenzo, and then Pedrosa, I think. Honda, Honda's really, really stepped it up this year. They have a new clutch system in their bike, or it's a, it's not a double clutch system, but it's supposed to be something similar. That's supposed to be worth almost like half a second a lap, so wow. that might explain why Honda's dominating right now. So this is down basically between uh, the Repsol team and the Fiat Yamaha team for you then? Well, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Takati's not really in the running this year. Suzuki, Suzuki's, they've only gotten onto one bike for this year. And then 
um, their rider, like, broke his leg in the first race. So they're actually calling in John Hopkins as a replacement rider. So I don't expect huge things from the other factories. It's going to be mainly Honda and Yamaha, I think, this year. All right. Fuck, it sucks. All right. Well, we're going to see how you do going into the season here. I don't know. Check in again after the next race. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I, I miss I miss watching the racing. I miss actually racing. I I don't know. I've been feeling the need lately to jump back on in my sports bike and take some turns because as much as I love my Harley, it's uh, it's kind of lacking in the ground clearance. So in the, well, it's still exciting, but not as exciting. I just miss racing. I think I miss going fast and doing like a hundred miles an hour and taking turns. I miss being on a bike in general, man. I've been down to foot patrol and the metro and the bus system for the past couple of months. So, yeah, I feel you, dude, when I come home. I know. First thing I'm going to do is jump jump back on something with two wheels. So. Yeah, says you. Maybe your dad will let you sample his SV. Your father got a new bike. <laughs> how's, he been, how's he been enjoying that? Have you talked to him about it? Yeah, yeah, I guess he's uh, he's not hit 500 miles yet. So, you know, there's still like a little bit. Yeah, so, Damn. you know. So he needs to put a few more miles on the thing, but you know it's a proper sport bike. So he got rid of the grab handles on the back. Right. Uh, put a solo cover on it, and he's got the full fairings on the thing. You know, and it, you know Yoshimori exhaust. So that's I mean, awesome. Good for yeah, him. It's pretty, he must it's pretty, be having a good old time. Pretty cool bike, you know. Guaranteed, because uh, I know if I were him, I'd be riding the shit out of it. Well, maybe not, because your father is a little. He's getting up there in age. You know, he's not as spry as he used to be. So it's it's forgivable, having well, only put 500 miles on the bike so far. No, I'm proud of him though. So he's already managed to get himself pulled over and warned by a cop to slow no down. No way! Road. Yeah, for real. You got yeah. pulled so, over. Your dad got pulled over. <laughs> my got, dad got go, my dad Mr. Got, Yim. Yeah, all right, yeah, I take it know, all back. So, all like, due respect. Got, well, you know, you look at it. I mean, like, I guess it's it's kind of like the the thing with older people owning Ferraris and stuff. You know, my dad's mm-hmm. able to afford all kinds of good gear, so he's got proper riding boots. Um, a custom fitted leather jacket with like all the all the armor in it. He's got like oh, a new, new top of the top of the line Shoei helmet and you know like that must a be really, nice. really nice pair of gloves. Yeah, and so you know when when he goes out riding, I mean he looks like a proper biker, you know. And so when right. he gets pulled not over, us while we're riding yeah. fucking ragtag cruising around. Yeah, like, it's kind of like a piece safety gear piece together from. Whatever everybody else had spare, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've ridden with like two different kinds of gloves before, and you know, we've all been there. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. the thing though, because I'm really looking forward to that age where I can afford the good shit, you know, where uh, I'll have the money to to drop on the good gear, on the nice motorcycles, and not, you know, just stretching it thin. Like when I was racing, I was, I mean, granted, I was racing in my own leathers, but I was racing in. Hand-me-down boots, hand-me-down gloves, an older helmet. It was on a real shoestring budget that I was racing. I was one of three guys out there racing on our street bikes. And out of those three, I was the only one racing my daily driver that I rode to work every day and raced on the weekend. So I felt kind of stoked that I almost won that year. That's that's pretty cool. You were running with the 1,000cc bikes that year, weren't you? Yeah, that was the fucking pain in the ass because... Being on a 750, it was too big of a motor to race against the 600s, and like a lot smaller than the 1,000cc bike. So yeah, I was racing in the big bike category, and man, those fuckers are so fast on the straights, but at least I could take them in the turns and on the brakes into the turns. So that's usually where I would be passing guys, and um, I... I think I got every hole shot that season because a lot of those 1,000cc bikes are hard to launch off of the line, so a lot of them have so much power that they'll just wheelie. So my bike was a little more manageable off of the start, and I would usually be the first into the turn, which kind of helped out. But it was really, like, all about, uh, I don't know, risk assessment, you know, because, granted, I'm on the 750, I'm out there in the front, I'm, like, racing against these 1,000cc bikes, and eventually they do catch up and come up to me, you know, so it's a matter of, like... Okay, this fucker just passed me. Do I have it in me to try and pass him back? Or am I just going to fucking swallow my pride and follow him home and take the points home and not risk crashing my nuts off? So it was constantly assessing the level of risk and managing that every race. I kind of, you know, as much as I complained about our, our beaten up, busted old track... You'd be like, oh, it's shitty, bro. You know, after it, it was. after they tore it down, it was, it was. But 
you know, like being there on that last that last open track day for bikes, you know, and and seeing the door shut for what was probably yeah. the last time, you know, it's that just was a of, sad, sad day. It was, you know, that's that's like forty years of Hawaii history right there. You know, my father raced on that track when it was brand new, mm-hmm. and just you know being. Knowing that it only lasted not even a generation, really, you know, that's kind of that's kind of a shitty thing. You know, like where are we supposed it to? It is a shitty thing because now race? that we don't have a racetrack, there's all these fucking wannabes like racing on the streets, going around, killing themselves and other people. Other fools picking up sports bikes, think they can ride. Turns out they can't. You know, a lot of deaths on the road, a lot of um, excessive speeding tickets, and. Yeah, if we just built another racetrack, I think it would help out so much because right now the only guys that really have a racetrack per se are motocross guys. We have Kahuku, of course. There's Barber's Point for SCCA for autocross and auto rally, that kind of thing. And there's actually sand drag races going on right now. But there's nothing on the tarmac. There's no drag races. There's no drag strips. There's no road racing. No nothing. So I think it would really help out if somebody were to come up with some kind of funding to at least open another racetrack over here on Oahu because it doesn't seem like the state is willing to step up or enforce, you know, what's needed to really get another one going. And it's sad because, you know, after after they shut the racetrack down, I I was considering selling my, my sports bike, but it, it was just worth too much to me sentimentally and not enough monetarily to really let it go because realistically it's only worth about 2000 bucks, maybe 2500 at the very most you know I've crashed the shit out of that bike I've raced the fuck out of it it's got like 45,000 miles on it it's had it's had a rough life so after the racetrack shut down I mothballed the bike cancelled my insurance picked up a Harley and it's just sitting in my garage waiting for the day you know to be let loose again I think I think it'll happen it's just a matter of when I don't know, man. You know, it makes me wonder, too, what what's going to happen. You know, if they do open another race, I mean, like, mm-hmm. are the tarps going to come off of all of, like, these these 8 and 10 second cars that, you know, the father and son yeah. team have been building for years? You yes. know, it's going to be kind of epic. I kind of want to see what that's going to look like. If we ever do get another track going, I mean, Hawaii, Hawaii is kind of steeped in that kind of, you know, history. Mm-hmm. You know, where all our dads drove muscle cars and stuff, right. you know, through the 60s and 70s. That, that, it's cool to see that culture passed down, and I think, for me, that's the saddest part. You know, I remember walking through the pits for drift session and, you know, drag races and right. autocross, all that stuff. And we don't you have know, any of that anymore, because yeah. when we're in high school, it used to be every Friday night, you know, go down to the drag strip for bracket racing, go and check that out, you know, there'd be food there. Maybe all kinds of cars, all our friends would be there. It was pretty exciting. But nowadays, the kids in high school, they don't have shit. You know, that's why I think a lot of them are getting in trouble because they don't have a place to go and properly, you know, uh, enjoy speed in the right place and time. And instead of taking it to the streets, we should have a drag ship where we can go and, you know, shoot the shit and talk shit and, you know, race each other and still do it in relative safety. Well, I, I kind of agree with you, but, you know, on the other hand, I got to say that I like the way that it's gone with, like, you know, you go to most of our parks now, and they're, like, skate parks. Mm-hmm, you know, have, like, mm-hmm. a bowl and some ramps, some tabletops, some grind bars. You know, I know, but kind I'm of too old for that shit, though. I don't skate anymore, yeah. you know? I'm too old. I'm going to break bones, and I feel like all these young whippersnappers riding around, they're they're the new generation. They're They're throwing caution to the wind, you know? They can pull those jumps and crazy shit and it's the same thing when i'm riding motocross you know because a lot of us a lot of my friends you know that we go and ride every sunday we ride dirt bike up in north shore they you know they're a bit younger than me and you know a little more carefree and uh, a couple of them they want to race you know and i miss racing so much that i almost considered racing but I don't know if I really have the speed or the balls to really do those jumps anymore because I like going fast, but it's just the catching all the air that kind of freaks me out and the landing and crushing and breaking bones and stuff that kind of puts me off to it. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. That's like the whole point of dirt bike. You, know, you don't want to be Travis Pastrana and have like, you know, sacrifice your bones for your passion. Not willing to make that trade. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I am very passionate about dirt biking and racing, but I don't think I'm quite 
I think I'm past the point where my my exuberance overcomes the self uh, perseverance and you know self safety <laughs> and concern and the whole staying alive thing. I think puts me off to that. So it's just I think it's just a matter of bodily harm that prevents me from racing motocross. But if they do open another racetrack for road racing, I am fucking there. You know, I'm ready to take some turns. I miss I miss going fast. I think is what it is, and just wrenching open some kind of throttle and feeling the wind blowing through my hair, so to speak. Yeah, well, through your helmet, you mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, know, it's, a, it's a figure speech. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, that's one of my favorite things, though, is that everybody everybody that we know, everybody that we've taught to ride is very conscious of safety, and, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you expect them to be able to handle themselves, and so, I, I, I don't know, like, as opposed to the guys that just got bikes... When they were cool, like I rode, I rode shit boxes, dude. You know, so sure, we all like, have. I know, you know. So if if you're just doing it to be cool, that's that's not you're you're probably not gonna get that good at riding, you know. Um, right. But yeah, as long as everybody's safe out there, then you know, more than merrier, I guess. You know, just uh, don't get killed and don't give us a bad name. Yeah, exactly, and that's kind of the other thing, too, because as we were getting older, you know, like, when we were younger, and when I started racing, I had I had the benefit of having at least a couple of mentors, you know, older guys in the late 30s and early 40s, to really show me the ropes, to show me, hey, this is, you know, you, this is a good trick, maybe if you turn in a little bit earlier, or if you break a little bit later, you know, that kind of, like, expertise that I had the benefit of receiving from these guys. Now is our turn to do that, but there's no venue for it. We don't have a racetrack. You know, granted, we still have friends that are like, okay, they're getting into bikes, and we can, you know, drop a lot of science on them and teach them how to ride properly and safety, you know, measures and whatnot, but not in the context of a racetrack. And I think that's 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 a damn shame that we're missing out on the chance to pass down that knowledge to the younger, younger you know, generation. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm respectable enough that anybody ought to listen to me. So you know, more more power too if you want to go big brothers, big sisters on me here. But well, yeah, you know, sure. it's not necessarily <laughs> a matter of you know doing the socially responsible thing or is it? You know, sometimes sometimes it is because when you see all these young kids out there, they're buying all these GSXR one thousands or CBR one thousands. You know, you see them rolling it out of the dealership, and you know they're not going to last a week without dropping that fucking bike or something bad happening. And it just makes you wonder, you know, like, could these kids benefit from our expertise? And I like to think that they could, you know, because we know a lot. We've been through all that same shit. We've been young and dumb. We've crashed. We've broken the law. We've, you know, gotten pulled over, received tickets, you know, ridden Tantalus faster than we should have. We've all been there. And I think it's it's our responsibility to pass that down to the younger generation, I believe. Right. All right, I'll buy that. So I don't know. I just you know when I think about I think about our racetrack, that's like if if I could stand in any one spot for like the past hundred years, mm-hmm. I think that would have been like a pretty fun fun spot to stand. Like, you know, like right at the side of the racetrack and watch like all the different, you know, decades and decades of cars roll by me in, like, you know, five minutes. You know, you just see everything being built, dude, Makakilo coming up, you know, Honolulu. That, that would be a that would be a pretty cool spot. If you could stand in one spot for, you know, like, 100 years, like, I don't know, where would you stand? Any mm. one spot. If I could stand, oh, you're, you're, you're turning it around to me. I'm the one that asks these questions, sir. Ah, now you're twisting it up. Well, this, okay. this is just a hypothetical. See, this isn't actually. This isn't actually. Um, this isn't an actual what if. if. Yeah, this, this is, isn't this an is actual, just a. Yeah, yeah. This, this is just an addendum. This is just yeah, a little side. Okay. It comes out of my love for you know out of my love for uh, the race track. History. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Well, um, if I had to spend one spot, are we speaking in terms of racing history or just anywhere in general? Uh, anywhere in general. I guess you could pick any any spot. Like what. What area would you like to see come up over the past mm, hundred years? Maybe Tokyo, because Tokyo has really come a long ways in the last hundred years into modernity. And, gee, I don't know. Yeah, probably Tokyo. If I could stand in one spot in the world for a hundred years and watch, yeah, I, I don't know. It'd either be Waikiki or Tokyo, I think. Because Waikiki. both have... 
Yeah, because you know, I like to see. I had I had a project for school, yeah, for for one of my film classes, and we had to use archival footage. So I went over to Bishop Museum, and I requested a few of their old, um, you know, the transfer to tape reels of like footage way back when, like you know, late eighteen hundred, early nineteen hundred, whenever the no fuck kidding. like things came around yeah and so there's like this footage of this streetcar going down king street in town and it is so ancient like all the buildings there's one two-story wooden buildings and everybody's wearing suits and bowler hats and it's just you know it's like in it's a nice little slice of history Honolulu, wow. Honolulu. <laughs> yeah because that was the fashion back then you know gentlemen they wore fucking three-piece suits they had vests on they, they people knew how to dress back then you know not like fucking people today where it's all about fubu or fucking uh baby fat or whatever the fuck you know it's just i think people had a more uh, formal sense of fashion i don't know it just kind of makes you wonder what happened though so what is it like you know but we we, we fought so hard to become a part of the united states just so we could wear t-shirts all the time I guess so. Well, when you're thinking about it geographically, it makes sense here in Hawaii, you know. But I don't know. Now, now that I think about it, there was still it was still fucking hot back then, you know. Because guarantee those fuckers back when wearing suits and shit, they were sweating their balls off, guaranteed, you know. But it's kind of like a sacrifice for fashion sense or proprietary, perhaps, that made them dress that way. Because I don't know, maybe. Maybe social norms have been on the decline, you know, maybe our morals and values have gone down so much that it's perfectly acceptable. Well, just to wait, wear so like, well, what, 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 does, what does whether I'm like wearing a suit or tie have, have anything to do with my morals? How are a you? lot, because it speaks about your background, you know, your how much wealth you may have, of your education even, you know. Because, granted, we're taught not to judge books by its covers, right? But if you see a gentleman wearing a dapper three-piece suit and bespoke leather, you know, loafers, standing next to some fucking doofus in a in a Ed Hardy bedazzled fucking t-shirt and tight jeans, which one would you, you know, assume were better educated or had more money? I don't know. It's kind of like the that's like the Harvard versus MIT question, though. You know, no, what I mean, yeah. And I, I guess I'm just. I guess what I'm trying to say is, fuck Ed Hardy and all those fucking stupid fashion trends that goddamn Jersey Shore wannabe wearing motherfuckers have really made popular. Like, I don't know, trucker hats. When did that shit become cool again? Really, trucker hats. Honestly, people. That brings up a good point. I learned I learned a new word when I was in oh. New York for a class of people that I, I've hated for a very long time now, um, and I would just like to share hipsters. this with everyone. Yes, yes, they're called hipsters. <laughs> Death to fucking the fucking hipsters. Death to yeah. hipsters. Death to hipsters. Why and don't you don't, like hipsters? I, I don't know. They're just uh, snooty and, and annoying and... I don't, I don't really know what else to say without, you know, really going overboard with 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 the the vilifying of these people but yeah i don't know i think it's got to do with the way that a lot of people come to hawaii mm-hmm. um you know and they really try to make their own experience out of it and you know get that authentic hawaii experience i you know i i sure. read a blog i read a blog a couple of days ago about a guy in new york says that uh the hipsters and the yupsters which i guess are like their employed related cousins mm-hmm. something like that yeah i guess they're the ruin in brooklyn basically they're ruining brooklyn. And so yeah yeah and this guy is just really pissed off um it was even funnier he was like an a- angry asian man his name is uh jay park okay yeah yeah and his uh website is uh diehipster.com Diehipster.com. Yeah, yeah I'll have to check, check that out. out. No, it was great. So you know, like he's got this. Uh, he's got pictures up on this site, and so one of them, he had like a bear trap laid open with like a pair of geeky sunglasses. I and, saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so hipster that, trap. Yeah, yeah, the hipster trap. So I don't know. I saw that, and uh, yeah, it just brought brought a flood of images back of the kinds of people that I really don't like in my home state, and. Yeah, I don't know. It's like New York is a big factory for these people. Why? Why is it? I mean, what is it about 
hipsters that have become so popular? I mean, what what makes a hipster? When you look at a hipster, what is it that makes them a hipster? Is it the skinny jeans? Is it the hideously colored sunglasses? The ironic t-shirt? What is it? I don't know. Yeah, they, I don't know. You know, I can I can stand the ones that are like Smurfs that are just you know kind of weird and out of place, but uh, you know, not really imposing their belief systems on other people, but, you know, it's the, it's people that, uh, you know, like the people that will look at you dirty if you throw an aluminum can into a trash, a trash bin instead of a Because you're not bin. recycling. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, cannot like stand like that a, kind of uppity yeah. sense of fucking yeah. the upper crust, like, oh, I'm so much better than you because I have a Prada iPad case and you don't. <laughs> you know, it's just... Well, yeah, I don't know, I brought back, you know, like, I'm reading some of this guy's complaints, so one of his complaints was that, you know, these people will immigrate from the the Midwest or, mm-hmm. you know, some other state, and then claim that they're from New York, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, when I don't know, not. I thought, uh, yeah, when they're not, when they're not, and so, you know, like, They're faking me, the funk. Yeah, faking the funk, exactly. Big time. Busted. What is, why, what is it about hipsters? Because when I think of hipsters, I think predominantly New York is, is a hipster... A New York thing? I don't know. Because, you know, you and I, we listen we listen to other podcasts, one of them being Frank and Eric Holler, and also Hey Girl Hey with Dina and Laura. And Dina is over in New York, and, you know, they talk a lot about hipsters. And Frank and Eric, I don't know if I would consider them hipsters, but they sure fucking dress like it. No offense. I think their podcast is amazing, but when they talk about hipsters, that shit is hilarious. Is it primarily a New York thing, is my question. I don't know. You know, a friend of mine lived in Seattle, and so when I told him about this, you know, he he revealed his dislike of hipsters as well. And so, you know, he's being he's from Seattle, he said that I should probably avoid the area because they now number the hippies. So that's, and that's saying something for, you know, Seattle fucking Washington. So does that mean that hipsters are our generation's hippies? Because when you think of the 60s, the hippies were kind of like our hipsters, you know? They were outside of the societal norm, you know? They're kind of fringe people, you know? They're not really living in the mainstream. Is, is, are, are hipsters today's hippies? I don't know. You know, like, and hit I'm, us and up, I'm people. Making... Let maybe maybe a listener could help us out yeah. with with this answer. Hit us up, talkstorypodcast at gmail dot com. You can find us on Facebook. We're on Twitter. You can check out our blog. There's a link. We're on iTunes. Let us know, people. Leave us a review, which we will greatly appreciate. All right. So, what else you got for me? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Well, you know, I was just uh, grabbing breakfast earlier this morning, right? And <clears throat> I guess I want to talk about pet peeves. All right. Well, fucking pet peeves drive me crazy. It drives everyone crazy. Everybody has a pet peeve. You know, one of my big pet peeves, I'm, I ride a motorcycle daily, right? I ride to work. I ride everywhere. It's my main source of transportation. Every other day without fail, there's always some fucking dumbass that either comes into my lane or runs me off of the road somehow in one way or another because they're not fucking paying attention. Inattentive drivers are a big pet peeve of mine. What's yours? Inattentive drivers? I don't yes. know. I've, I've come to uh, I've come to hate the puddle at the bottom, you know, like by urinals. The puddle by urinals, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's that's you know, pretty like, fucking uh, gross too. That, that is because like, that reminds me of a that reminds yeah. me of a Sopranos episode when um, Paulie he's like, you ever wonder why the tips of your shoelaces are wet? And he goes on to say it's because of the fucking urinals, you know. So it's so gross that you don't want to touch your shoes or tie anything, you know. Make sure that your shoelaces are properly tied when you're uh, when you're going to the bathroom so fucking disgusting isn't that just nasty and there's always like pubes around and it makes me wonder like how you know you see have you ever gone into like a woman's bathroom when the men's is out and you see like how clean 
the ladies' toilets are, you could eat off of those fucking toilet seats. Dude. I would so eat much off clean. Those fucking Well, obviously seats. you wouldn't, but I'm just saying that ladies' bathrooms tend to be much cleaner than guys' bathrooms. Is it because they only have toilets? They don't have urinals where you can just fucking spray urine all over the walls and everywhere as we please? Or is it just because women in general are neater and tidier creatures than we? Well, I don't know. You know, they go in there a lot to socialize, and so, you know, I would keep that area clean because you don't want to, like... That's very true because, yeah, women, they do, they're like, you know, they safety in numbers, you know, they like to go to the bathroom in packs. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to go to the restroom. Oh, I'll join you. I got to powder my nose or I got to do some blow. You know, it's just, uh, it's almost a social thing to go to the bathroom. Whereas for guys, it's purely functional. I got I to gotta piss or I got to shit. You know, you go in there, you do your business, you come out. You don't you don't spend five minutes at the mirror checking your foundation or that your forehead isn't too shiny. I don't know. That's one of the great divides, I think. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it just kind of takes away from the point of the piss at the bottom of the urinals, though. Well, like, yeah, because chicks don't have to deal with some, that shit. Yeah, but for, you know, the amount, like, the size of some of these fucking puddles, man. I mean, Disgusting. Really, like, are you just, like, just straight pissing on the floor or something? Or I don't know what it is, you know? No, I know right exactly what you're like, talking Yes, yeah. exactly. Like, uh, I went yeah. to Barnes & Noble's over in Ala Moana. On any given day in Barnes & Noble's, the fucking rubbish can will be overflowing with paper towels, and the urinals will be absolutely filthy with at least a fucking one-foot puddle underneath the urinals. Like, I don't know. I don't know if some guys aren't even aiming... Or if they're just fucking pissing straight on the ground. I can't tell the difference. That's how bad it is in there. Nothing worse than a gross urinal. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you on that one. Although, speaking of urinals, if I, you know, if I have the money someday to um, have one in my bathroom, I would definitely have a urinal. You have a urinal? Are you going to have I, a bidet I like as well? Um, no, because a bidet is, is very French. It's a very European thing. It's not. It's not... Something that I would use on a regular basis, I think, you know, because yeah, I, I've tried it. You know, I've got a year up. It's uh, they're popular in Japan where they have those toilet seats with the bidet built in, where it comes up and sprays your, you, you know what, and it, it, it's kind of funky. I don't know. Have you tried those toilets with the the built-in bidet that sprays no, your? I've, uh, I've seen them. I've seen them, but like seriously. So what are you supposed to do? So you you take a dump. You, know, you do your thing, and then, like, it washes your ass, and then you have to, like, wipe it dry? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Works, really. That's exactly that's exactly what it is, because <laughs> the first time I did it, it was like, what's what's the process here, you know? Like, okay, I know I gotta take a shit, so you shit, and then what? Do you spray, then wipe, or do you wipe, then spray? It took me a little while to figure it out, but ultimately, I do believe it's shit, spray, wipe. Shit, I think is the proper spray, order. spray, yeah. wipe. Yes, I believe that is. But, you know, when you look at it, I mean, it's very different in Japan compared to Europe. Because in Europe, a bidet is like a a standalone thing. You know, you got your toilet over here, and then you got your bidet on the side, which kind of looks like... Well, I guess bidet in French means like pony or little pony or something like that, where you kind of squat over the fucking thing. And then it just, you know, sprays straight up. And it it almost looks like a, a sink on a pedestal. You know, so it's. I don't it's know. Isn't that just gonna dislodge like what little what little bit of poo that's left? That's there fucking gonna, nasty. Like, you know, drop and like fall into the dam and like it's gonna run down the drain. Or how does I guess be, like, right, right, a and that's big the collection thing, of just like you shit. know anal juice right there. You know, like concentrated anal in just juice, one that's spot. Nice. And that's then, real nice. Yeah. Well, then you're supposed to spray water, spray yourself with water that comes out of this anal juice fountain and then that's the idea because you know i guess i guess that would be better because sometimes you you've had those shits where you're you're just wiping all day you know where it's like good god you know sometimes you're wiping three or four times and it's just uh i think that helps in the prevention of wasting toilet paper so, so this, maybe so you're it is telling a good me thing. so like the sanitation value of this is the same as a hand dryer versus paper towels and is that what you're telling me Basically. I don't know, because, yeah. oh, no, 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 because, you know, hand drying has advantages where you're not actually touching anything, you know, so there's less germs that way. I would assume that there are just as many germs in the water that's touching your butthole, but I think it all adds up, you know, to to make for better and hygiene, you know. 
I think I think it definitely helps out as opposed to not using it. I think it's just a societal norm that Americans don't really utilize the bidet. I don't know why. Probably because uh, we hate everything that's European. Well, I don't know if it's so much that. I just have a problem with water being sprayed at my ass. You know, I mean, like you know, the water's supposed to go down the toilet and not mm-hmm. come come up. It, as far as I'm concerned, but hey, it does come back down though. Me, Thanks know? to gravity. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But you know, like the the idea of that getting on me is probably you know like I don't know even if it's totally clean I just have you know there should not be a faucet in the fucking toilet I'm sorry yeah it, it's it, I can understand how it's kind of a foreign notion but don't knock it till you try it it's not it's not really something that I I really dig or something that I use on the regular but I could I can see how it's appealing to some people you know so, as far as hygiene goes so in your dream bathroom then you would have a urinal but not a bidet Urinal, no bidet. Yes. Okay, so you're going to have one of those luxury uh, Japanese toilet seats with like a fucking digital control panel? Well, that's the thing, because those Japanese toilet seats, they usually come with a bidet. You know, it's, okay. it's, not, it's just not a standard thing. It's just actually built into the seat, and then a little wand comes out. It's like, and then it's like, <laughs> and it starts spraying your fucking your nether regions. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I don't know. I guess maybe I'll avoid the Japanese Japanese toilets in the future. No, 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 no. <laughs> Try it. Give it a shot. You just may like it because you know you're. <laughs> Sorry, I was gonna crack a gay <laughs> joke on it. That probably wouldn't be very PC though. Moving on. Yeah. Moving on. Okay. We're at the 45 minute mark, or just under that. Are you about ready for the game of what if? Uh, sure. I'm okay. Sure, so. All right. Okay. Let me see here. Let me see here. Okay. So just to give everybody a brief rundown, the game of what if is a hypothetical question that I will ask Mr. Yim here to test his war fabric, to see what kind of a person he is, if he's a gentleman or if he's a dick. Are you ready, sir? I am. All right, Scott. If you, Scott, were to drown in a liquid... Other than water, what would it be? Other than water, I mean, is this is this like? Do I get a preferred? I'm getting a preferred choice of. You have a choice. Let's say that you committed a crime, you to be executed by drowning. At the last second, they run out of water. What other liquid would you want to be drowned in? What other liquid would I want to be drowned in? Um, Other than water, yes. Other than water, hmm. I, I don't know. Hate, you know, because drowning is like a big fear of mine. You know, we live... Well, I, we, I live in Hawaii right now. We're surrounded by beaches. We've all grown up in the water. We learn to respect the ocean for fear of drowning because of how strong the tidal currents are and riptides and all that shit. So drowning is very much a big fear of mine. And I would imagine it'd be even more humiliating if it were in something other than water. What would you want to drown in? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Coca-Cola? Oh, that would be interesting. That would be a bad way to go, you know? Or, like, you know, if you drink, you get drowned in, like, your favorite beer. Favorite like beer? That. Okay, Have okay. you seen... It's like it's like a beer fest, you know? Ah. Yeah. You drown in your favorite beer. But you don't yeah. really drink beer, so I no, guess your really, answer yeah, would be Coca-Cola. So, yeah, it would, be, it would be Coca-Cola. I don't know. It's either that or, like, toss-up between that and, I don't know. Maybe liquid nitrogen or or liquid liquid metal. nitrogen or liquid yeah. metal like mercury. Well, not not no 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 like you know like molten molten steel or something oh. like that. You know, like, I think that'd be know, different. Cause... That'd be a very different death from drowning. I think you but would yeah, die you know, from like asphyxiation second. and burns rather than actual drowning liquid in your lungs i don't know you know like those are those are you pretty much is, i i don't ever want to drown either that's like my, no, my number one either. least favorite way to go is asphyxiation you know whether it's by drowning or just by you know not not having any air but yeah yeah, yeah it goes like, the other way too because i wouldn't want to be yeah. either drowned or i wouldn't want to burn to death i think yeah. those two would be the worst you yeah, got I mean, crushed to death because i'm very uh um claustrophobic i'm not very claustrophobic but that would suck i don't know i think being crushed to death like uh that that and exploding death 
are like my two my exploded two favorite, favorite ways. You know, that's like, how you want to go. Is my like explosion just, yeah. death by explosive death by explosion? Because you know, because that like, would be very instantaneous and relatively painless. One would assume it would. It okay. would. You know. Yeah. But I digress. Drowning. Final answer. What'll it be? Coca Cola. Coca Cola. Excellent. <laughs> excellent answer. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What would I want to drown in now? Let me think. What would I want to drown in? Aside from water, what would I choose? Is jello considered a liquid? Semi-solid. I guess it would be kind of difficult to drown on a semi-solid. I don't know. Although, I mean, if we get cool you deep like... enough, if we get you deep enough in it, you know, and it's slightly soupy, then I, I suppose it could count as a liquid if you know we aired more inside of it. Typically, jello mm. because it's you know you freeze it. Yeah, it's put a it gelatin. Fridge, at least. Yeah. yeah, like it's, it's a not really a liquid, is some, it? Yeah, it's not semi-solid. Uh, you'd be like a what? I don't know, a cupy mustard. Perhaps. What That'd about be... mayonnaise? Is mayonnaise, mayonnaise considered a liquid? I would consider that a liquid because you know, like if you put it on uh, the end of a spoon and you face it towards the ground, it'll drip. If you got yeah, mouth. yeah. If you can put it in a yeah, bottle so... and squeeze it out, I would consider yeah, like yeah. a mayonnaise. Like a final answer: cupy mayo. I would. Oh, ketchup would ketchup would be an interesting uh, liquid to drown in, though, because yeah. I, I love French fries. I love ketchup. I don't love drowning, but it would be interesting <laughs> to drown in a condiment. Death by condiments. Death by condiment. Yes, ketchup. Final, Final answer. answer. I would drown in ketchup. You would drown in ketchup. Just because I guarantee I would be the first person to have died by that means. I don't know, but do you think that they would actually bother to take you out of the ketchup before they served it to the rest of us? Gross. One would hope it'd be like, uh, this somebody drowned in this, but it's okay. We took him out after he died. It's cool, <laughs> right? You want fries with that? Well. <laughs> as long as you seal the top, right? You seal the do you top think the anybody has drowned in a liquid? Or do you think anybody has died by drowning in a condiment before? Death, death by condiment. I don't know. Like... Do you think that's happened? I don't know. I wonder. If anybody does know, let us know. Talkstorypodcast at gmail.com. Has anyone died by drowning in a condiment? That's what I would like to know. Alright, well I guess that's about all the time we got for this week. So uh, thanks for tuning in. You can uh, look us up. Shoot us a line at uh, TalkStoryPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Look us up. All right.
Trying to let go, just let go. 